Welcome back to the Gospel of Jesus Christ with Bishop Johnny Rutledge. You must have the Spirit of God in you to be able to see what God has written, see what the Word is saying. You've got to have the Spirit. John, fifth chapter. Let's go into the 25th verse. Let's just read 24. Jesus is talking now. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. It shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. In that very same passage of scripture, Jesus is highlighting how, how we can come from death and be out of death and then be into life. And then he says in the 25th verse, he says, most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of God, Lord Jesus. The dead, God is to hear. And folks that I'm preaching to have no ears to hear me. We, 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 we we're conscious of this very fact because in this, in this passage of scripture, the dead shall hear the Son of God. The dead shall hear God. The dead shall be awakened with ears to hear. And yet we got folks right now in our family, folks in our community, folks in our church, folks in our family that don't even hear and they are yet alive. They're yet living and can't hear. What is the problem here? How come it is? How come it is that the people you're walking and talking to can't hear you? You're signing an alarm. You're talking about the end of time. You're talking about sin destroying their lives. You're telling them you saw them yesterday. You saw them years ago. And they have changed so much. They don't talk the same. They don't act the same. They're, they're angry. They're frustrated. They are depressed. And they have all these things going on. And you're telling them. And yet, the Bible says, they can't hear you. But in this passage of Scripture, John 5, and I started at 24, but we might ought to just stick to 25 and 26. It says, it really does say this, y'all. It says, most assuredly, I say to you that I was coming, and now it is. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Praise God. I bet you didn't like that. I didn't like it either when I first heard it. My mother was always telling me, son this, son that, please this, please that. And my father, everybody was trying to give me good instructions on how to live, why I should do this, and when should I do this. And I was always coming back with quick quick answers and, and, and negligence. I was always telling them that I, I got it, what you're talking about. I don't want to hear what you got to say. What, 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 what are you wasting on? Why are you talking to me? And all of a sudden, it ends up being that what they were telling me was truly what I needed to hear and would have given me life if I only would have heard them. In the Bible, in this Bible, it says that most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. So the Father, Jesus, the Father, the Son of, of the Father, Jesus' Father, the, you know, the Son's Father, has life in him. And he has trans, trans, what you call that? Well, he had put it into his Son, 
transferred it into Jesus. That same life is in Jesus. And Jesus declared that when you hear his voice and receive him, he transfers that life into you. So what are you saying? I'm saying that the voice of God has transferable ability, can put life into you. The voice of God, if you could only hear it, if you would only receive what you heard, if you believe that the word of God is true, you can be changed. But the problem is God's word must not fall on dull ears. It must not bounce up against blind eyes. So why don't we get good news today? Because we don't want good news. Why don't we change from worse to, to, to better? Because we like worse. Why don't we jump out of sin and, and, and start living like a holy person? Because sin is, is fascinating. It's good. We love sin. We like how it feels on our body. We like what our body do with it. We like what our minds do with it. We like what our hands do with it. Our feet, everything entertains sin. And sin entertains everything about man. So man loves sin. And man is not trying to change himself from sin. But yet, this Bible says that if the voice of God is heard, it appears to me that he says sin is instantly rebuked. Sin is canceled. Sin is, is denied. Sin is, is pushed aside. Sin is removed. Sin is canceled out of the man's world. If this voice that you hear is received, heard according to the scriptures. And then we say, if it's that simple, then get a bullhorn and stand on the corner and just scream the name of Jesus all night and all day in the community will be changed. And folks will get up the next day and, and they will be new creatures and they'll walk and talk in the spirit of God. But it was that easy. God would not have had to assign his only begotten son to that rugged cross, to the tree as a curse and let him die in shame and sorrow and horror. He would not have had to let him die that way if it was that simple. You just heard it and you received it. That is not the conclusion of the matter. But yet Paul said it's not by works. It's still faith in him, but through grace in him, from him, that a man can be saved, you must confess, believe, repent, all those things are necessary, but that is not labeled or in, uh, in captured into some state of work. You don't work for this. You simply must have to hear it. you got to open ears that are dull to the truth. you got to be glad that God is talking to you. You have to be happy that you heard a voice from somewhere that you never heard. You have to marvel at it and say, why? why is it so important? Why is it so beautiful? Look at it. It's like bands playing. It's like the trumpet blowing. Everything is going on. The white is whiter. The red is redder. The green is green. Everything, even I can see better. I feel like I'm alive again. Once you hear the word of God, it transforms you, it changes you. And the Bible says that hearing comes by the word. That word comes by from God because God has assigned it to one ear that can hear. If the ear can hear, it can receive. But the ear must not be dull. The ears must not reject. The ear must not be conditioned to deny what the truth is. Preaching is not an embarrassment to someone that has an open ear to God. 
It's a welcoming joy. It's a welcoming fragrance. It's a welcoming sound. It's, it's, it's like giving more. Preacher, preach, preacher. Tell me what does say the Lord. When you have an ear to hear. Our problem today, folks, our ears are like unicorn horns. They are pointed toward the direction in which we must go. If we choose horror, we choose adultery, we choose lies, we choose sin. Our ears are directed toward that. So we don't turn on the, the good news of the gospel. We turn on the good news of the, uh, of the local brothel, the local uh, bar, the lo local nightclub, or the strip. We turn on things that tease and appease our flesh. We turn on what we want to hear to make us feel like we are alive and we are yet dead by this same thing. How is that possible? Because we reject the very voice of God. Let us read again. Let us read more. And it says in the 26th verse, for as the Father has life in him, he has granted, that he has granted the Son to have life in him. Do you know that Jesus was life Incarnated. Jesus was the life walking around in the material matter of a man. He was walking around life. This was life. Jesus was the truth. He was life. He was he was everything like life. You look at a flower and it grows and it just gets red and it blooms and it draws bees and it gets pollinated and it gives away fruit and all these great things. And then all of a sudden you say to yourself, what is this that's happening to this plant that's now so beautiful drawing bees and has a fragrance and all this stuff so what is it it's life brothers and sisters and that's what jesus christ is today life like a flower one preacher was preaching and i enjoyed this preacher said it's like a tree planted by the water do you know that I had property, I have property by the water and different types of things, and I noticed that whatever is close to the close to the water, even salt water, seems to have more vitality, seems to be more robust, seems to have a greater stem life, a greater leaf life, and, and just to be bigger and stronger. But when something is further and further away from the water, when it grows, it becomes so narrow, skinny, and doesn't have so fragrant sometimes, doesn't even produce fruit. So you are telling me that Jesus is this water. Jesus is the life that flows as water to the tree planted and God bring fruit so that even the birds can nest and have food. My brothers and sisters today, hearing the word of God is reiterating the fact that the life of, of God transferred into the life of Jesus will then become transferred into the life of a lost soul. And this is exactly why God wanted us to preach. When he said, how can he preach? He must preach 
by the power of the living God. But where did he get that from? He get it from God the Father, and God the Father distributed to the Son, and the Son distributed to the apostles, and the apostles distributed to the followers, and the followers distributed to, to the world. And those things happened simultaneously, and all of a sudden, the whole world was infiltrated with the sound and the voice of God that changed humanity from bestiality to to, to, to sin as, as they were on Babylon and, and all this stuff into God-loving, God-fearing human beings. Where they constantly pray and worship and lift the name of God. It happened to them as it happened to me. Let me tell you another thing. Like Paul the Apostle, he was converted. And I keep going back to Paul because this is a strange thing. This is a strange thing that happened, a miraculous thing that happened. Paul was a vicious persecutor of the church, very violent, had a lot of anger and frustration in him toward those that uh, disobeyed the law, went against the priests in the temple. Paul had fire in his heart, fire in his mind to get out. He even took his own mule and, 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 and substance and went to the priests and let me go into Damascus and and bring these folks back so they may be judged. And on the way, he would find some that wouldn't, wouldn't repent, wouldn't, wouldn't convert, wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't denounce Jesus. He would literally kill them. And the point is, if you got all of this fire in you to do something and you're a passionate person, and then you hear the word of God, as Paul, on that Damascus word, heard the name called twice that he understood, which was his own name, and it was loud and clear. Saul, Saul, and he realized something is greater than me talking to me. And then all of a sudden that voice that hit him changed him. And the Bible says that the light that came with the voice blinded him. And then he became blind and he was laying on the ground. And then God lifted him and sent him and, and the scales fell off his eyes and all those things. It came because of the power of God's voice that radiated through time and changed the man's mind. And what do you got now? You have a born-again man. You have a born-again Christian. You have a fellow that will follow Jesus instead of trying to destroy Jesus. You have a man that is more apt to change the world for good rather than for bad. And the point is, there's a point here. He heard a voice. He heard a voice greater than any voice in the universe. And I come to you today with this voice, a divine voice from heaven that you should hear in your ear, believe in your heart, and receive even in your mind that it must be the voice of God because it's springing up like lilies in the valleys, like rain from heaven, and like a fruit forming on a tree, it is given life all the time, no matter how many days you hear it, or how much time of the day you hear it, or how many hours you listen, it gives you new life. It begins to transform you, renew you, restore you into being something you never have been. You cry now with the joy of the Lord upon you, instead of the sadness and the disappointment that was once upon you. Brothers and sisters, friends, and even foes. If you want new life, 
you must be born again. And when we look at the born again factor, it is very critical and very important to the Christian faith. Most people don't want to even talk about it because they have so many other ways that they can be saved. And I hear out in Hollywood, they even got a new Jesus. You go to him and you get saved. And then he moved to uh, Hawaii or somewhere. Then now you got to go to Hawaii and be saved. But I challenge those foolish ideas. I challenge all of those deceitful methods. There is only one way to be saved, only one Jesus Christ and him crucified according to this Bible. Even Paul was not the authentifier. He was not the proof that Jesus lived. He was a recipient of the proof that Jesus lived. For there was none other that Jesus could give by way of his own testimony except the Father in heaven. Because the Father in heaven knew him, he knew the Father, and there was no one else that knew him under the universe, in the universe, in heaven or hell. No one knew him except the Father. But now that he has stepped up and introduced himself to mankind, he come with gifts. And yet it is important that we understand that he didn't come to, to, to require, to request. He didn't come and levy a tax system on humanity. He didn't come and tell them that I'm going to build salvation for you. He didn't come and says, just a deposit is being made out here on Calvary, but you must do the next thing and the next thing, and then you'll be saved. He came with the entire package. He offered himself as a ransom. He became the sacrifice that set life into motion. And if without that sacrifice on Calvary, that would have never been life. That would have never been eternal life. So everybody that gets to live again gets to be born again by the receiving of the death of him I don't carry, the blood being shed, the sacrifice is, is unanimous. It, it speaks all throughout the ages and, and generations to come. There can never be and never was anyone that could do anything better for man than Jesus giving his life in order that we may have life. For you must be born again and this is the only way it can happen. We thank you for tuning in to the Gospel of Jesus Christ with Bishop Johnny Rutledge. You can contact Bishop Rutledge at fullfaithinternational.com. See more information and content at faithtv.lifecast.com. Again, that's faithtv.lifecast.com. Be sure to turn in to the podcast, The Gospel of Jesus Christ, for the next episode. Take care and God bless.